Welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I am Darlene Childress, and since this is the last episode of 2022, and maybe some of you are thinking about goals as we head into the new year, I thought it would be really helpful if you had a podcast episode about setting parenting goals. A parenting goal is a goal that you set for your kids based on something that you see as a gap that they need to learn. For example, you might want your child to learn how to take care of their body. And so you might set a parenting goal for hygiene. And then that means that that's your goal. Those are the limits that you're going to set around that goal. Now, why goals are really helpful in parenting is because there are like a lot of things that kids need to learn between the time they're little all the way till the time that they're big. I mean, kids need to have skills like time management, social competency, conflict resolution, personal hygiene, understanding money and how to cook and how to clean and how to drive eventually and how to pack for a trip. Like there's a bunch of skills that kids need. And then you also have the values that are important to you as a parent, right? You have the value of kindness. You have the value of generosity. You have the value of emotional health and gratitude and self-reliance and fiscal responsibility and work ethic and being self-driven. You have a lot when it comes to kids. And it can be overwhelming because you might see a lot of areas where your little kid isn't, you know, meeting up to the standards that you have in your mind for your big parenting vision, for the long term of what you want to see in your children, right? By the time that they're 18 or by the time they're 21 or by the time they graduate high school or graduate college or by the time they leave elementary school, you have in your mind a, a certain expectation of what your child you know, should be able to do by then right? You probably have it for your kid right now. You're probably looking at them and you're like, other kids your age know how to tie their shoe or wipe their bottom or put their shoes away or, you know, not fight with their brother or whatever you have in your mind. So instead of looking at these gaps in your children and then judging yourself or your kids and making everybody wrong, Instead of doing that, what you can do is look at the gap in where you think your kid, um, where you want your kid to be and where they are now and then set a goal to get them there. Of course, in my perspective, I want to help you raise emotionally healthy adults who know how to take personal responsibility. This is our overarching parenting goal in the Calm Mama world, in the Calm Mama community. We want our kids to grow up, to have self-confidence, to have perseverance, to have kindness and discernment, right? To take initiative, have healthy relationships, be responsible, demonstrate compassion for others, advocate for themselves, know how to behave in a group, 
right? Manage their time, take care of animals. We want our kids to grow up and be able to navigate the adult world in a healthy way. And we know that that's where we're going, but we can't do all of those things all at once. So the more intentional we are about our children and what they need to learn, the more likely we'll reach each parenting goal, each developmental milestone along the way. So let me give you a couple of steps of how to do this. So the first step is naming your parenting goal. When you look at your child right now, is look at what specific skill or value would you like to help your child learn? So look at their off-track behavior. Think about the misbehaviors that you see frequently or the behavior that is driving you crazy. And with that behavior in mind, think about if my child had this skill, they wouldn't act like this. If my child had this value, they wouldn't act this way. That will help you understand what it is that you're working on. I've already given a bunch of examples of parenting goals, but just think about like, I would like my child to be more responsible with their um, items, right? If you have a kid who keeps losing things all the time and leaving things at school and forgetting things, then they need personal responsibility with items. If you have a kid who's constantly late or doesn't understand time, and I'm talking about a kid who's over six or seven, before that, kids aren't really learning to manage time. But you're managing the time for them. <laughs> like Maybe you have the skill of time management that you need to work on or whatever. But looking at your, your child, especially if they're in middle school or high school, and they really aren't managing time, then you're going to want to realize that that's a parenting goal that you have. If your child kind of gives up really easily or doesn't apply themselves, then the value that you want to work on is a work ethic. If they don't know how to behave in a group and they kind of um, hit or they say things that are rude to other kids or, you know, they um, are kind of mean, then maybe they don't understand social norms. And so your parenting goal is more social competency. Maybe they're doing things online or they're overusing their devices. So you want to teach them either social media literacy or time management with devices or um, how to you know, use devices in a way that is healthy, like healthy screen time. So we have, there's just a lot, right? Academic skills. We want to help our kids be more self-aware. We want them to, you know, know how to critically, critically think, take care of their bodies. There's a lot, right? So selecting one or two parenting goals at a time will help you be intentional and strategic. So your child needs to learn different things based on their age and their developmental stage and their personality. But I'm, I'm saying all this and I also know that you already know. Like you've probably not thought about it in this formal of a way, but you have probably looked at your kid and been like, oh my gosh, they definitely need to learn this already, whatever this is. So thinking about, okay, what is it that they need to work on and setting that up as your goal. That's step one, is deciding what your goal is going to be. I'm going to give you an example of how this works in real time and like tell you a story about it when my son wasn't doing his homework um, after I go through the steps. So stay tuned. <laughs> All right, so step two is create a plan, right? So 
what limits do you need to put into place to reach the specific goal that you have in mind? Here's an example if you're trying to teach your kids to be more responsible with their items. You would say, I am happy to pay for one water bottle every six months. Here is your water bottle. I really hope you keep it. And that is your limit. That's your boundary. You're telling your child what you're willing to do. They get to have this one water bottle. You're happy to buy it. And you'll buy one every six months. So you can even make a note in your phone if you want, like water bottle purchased June 5th or whatever. And then make a note six months from now, like new water bottle opened buying one. If you need to, you don't have to get all that crazy. So if you take your kid to school and they forget their water bottle, or they forget that you take them to, you know, practice of some kind and they forget their water bottle. And then, then the next day they go to have a water bottle and they're like, mom, where's my water bottle? And you say, I don't know. Do you know? I am happy to fill up water bottles for water bottles that are brought home. There wasn't one from you. So now you're letting your child experience the impact of that limit and whether they are able to keep it within that limit. Now, notice in this example, I'm not going through and saying, well, I told you, you have to, I'm only buying one and you didn't bring it home and you need to be more responsible and this isn't okay. And why do you always do this? And I've told you this so many times and you always leave it at school, right? It's so easy to start lecturing and sort of criticizing our children when they make a mistake. It's not helpful to teach the personal responsibility because then they'll start blaming you. Well, you should have reminded me that whole thing. We're trying to get out of that. So you can say to the child, I really hope you find it. And what are you going to do for today? And let them decide, I'll get, I'll get water at school. Or can I take a plastic one? And you could say, sure, the plastic ones cost a dollar, right? If you happen to have, you know, the disposable kind around the house, or they can use an old junky one, or they can drink water from the fountain, right? So you're letting them experience that impact without lecturing. Hopefully they find it. Maybe they don't. Then if this keeps happening where they don't have a water bottle, they can either just not have one that really is okay. Or you can say, well, listen, they cost $15 and I'm happy to order one on Amazon once you give me $15. Remember, I'm happy to purchase one water, bo- one water bottle every six months. And then your child's like, I don't have any money. You say, okay, well, do you want to earn it? And then all of a sudden you're teaching them like the value of money as well. Like super cool, two goals at once. No, I don't care. Okay, great. No problem. I hope you get enough liquid from the water fountain or whatever. However they solve their problem. Or if you really do need to buy one for whatever reason, or you need to buy a coat or a sweatshirt or something else, then you can say, You can either earn the money or you can sell a toy. So then, you know, they're like, what? Sell a toy to who? And then you can do a fake sale with one of your friends where they buy the toy for $12 and you've deep down, you're the one who gave the kid, the the other parent, the money and they hand you the money and you hand the money to the kid and the kid's like, thanks, I got $12. And you're like, great, now you can give it to me and I'll buy you a new water bottle. So we are using the limit to teach that skill of personal responsibility. We have that parenting goal and we are using the limit in order to teach that 
So other ones are you may play on your computer after your homework is done. That is if you want to teach them kind of that work ethic, right? Work before, uh, work before play, right? You, can, you may read in bed as long as you have showered by 8.15. That's if you want to teach hygiene. Or if they need time management, you can say, you can create your homework plan for this afternoon or I can create it for you. Teaching kindness, I will be happy to let you go to a friend's house once I don't have to worry about you saying words that hurt my heart. So if your child is showing up in a way that is unkind, treating their brother or sister unkind, or you, or they were at a play date this past week, or they were at school, and they've, you found out that they were not speaking kindly, then you can say, I'm happy to take you to places when you speak kindly, but I don't feel that you are going to do that today. I don't want to have to worry about you being unkind, so you're not going to that thing. Now, some of you might be like, oh my God, that's so mean, darling. <laughs> and remember that we have to create impacts. Well, you don't have to, but the more impacts you create with your kids, the faster their behavior will change. Because if you think about the value of kindness or the skill of speaking kindly, it might take a long time for the child to experience the social repercussions of being unkind. It might take a while. So we actually kind of need to bring those impacts into our family in order to teach those skills. We can't always wait for natural consequences to take place. So it's not mean to teach your children things. It's not mean to give them impacts. What's mean is when you criticize them, when you lecture them, when you say you're always like this or, and you never take responsibility and what's wrong with you and comparing them to their sibling or their friend. That's mean. Having a very clear parenting goal, having a limit and following through on it with kindness like yourself, being loving, being understanding and validating their feelings. That's not kind. That's not unkind. That's kindness. I promised that I would tell you a story about my son and how I discovered this whole thing about goals. And it has to do with homework. Basically, I, my son was in fourth grade and the school had a homework policy where they would collect homework on Wednesdays and Fridays or something like that. And if the kid did not turn in their homework, they would not have recess on those Wednesdays and Fridays. So what was happening was my son apparently wasn't turning in his homework. And I really was not caring about homework because my thought was, I'm going to use homework. It's not that I didn't care about my kid's education. It was that I felt that this was an affordable mistake, that they could fail and not do their schoolwork and then have that impact at at school and then slowly that that impact of losing recess would motivate them to get their homework done, right? That's the whole purpose of that sort of consequence at the school. So I was like, well, I'm not going to rescue my son by making sure he does his homework every day at home in order for him to get recess. Like I didn't want to be involved in it. I wanted my son, he was in fourth grade. I wanted him to do it on his own. 
And I got this, le- this email from the teacher after m- months. And she's like, you know, I'm, you're, I know you're so busy, Mrs. Childress, which was a little bit of a, t- like a dig, it felt like. But like as if I was so busy that I wasn't paying attention to my child's homework or something. And she's like, I know you have a lot going on, but I just want you to know that your son hasn't been doing homework for weeks and he's missed recess, you know, a bunch of weeks in a row. And it was interesting her take on it as if I was like a negligent parent. And what's interesting to me is that I wasn't being negligent. I was actually being quite intentional about letting him fail. I wanted him to miss recess. I wanted him to have that impact because I wanted him to understand that if you don't do your schoolwork, there's an impact on you. When you have a consequence like missing recess and you see that it is not pivoting behavior, it's not having the impact or the effect that you want, that is a time to get curious and try to find out, well, why? Why is my son okay missing recess? Why is that okay with him? Obviously, I have this goal of personal responsibility that I'm teaching him like homework, you know, through the homework, and it's not having the impact that I want. I don't need to double down and like get more consequences. I actually need to get more creative and find out how is it working for my child? Like, why is it okay with him that he misses recess? Why is it okay with your child if they miss reading time and at book time? Or why is, it, why is it working? So I thought about my son for a little bit at this time. And I was thinking, okay, what else is going on in his life that is making this missing recess okay? Like, is there anything going on at home? Is there anything going on at school? Is there anything going on with his sibling, with his brother? Is there anything going on with his friends? And that's when it hit me that there had been a lot of recent conflict between my son and another boy at recess because they both wanted to play with the same boy. So my son and this other kid wanted to play with the one kid, but they didn't want to play with each other. They didn't want to play as a threesome. So they had, you know, had like a couple like, you know, they had exchanged words and, you know, they had gone to the principal's office. And so I knew about this conflict and this conflict with my, with the other boy was stressful for my son. And he was complaining about this other kid a lot. And my son also, he didn't like the playground rules and recess just wasn't that much fun. And he only got to play with his friend a couple days a week because they had like made a deal with this other kid. And that's when I realized that he had found a way out of recess that missing recess on Wednesdays and Fridays was helping him so that when he didn't do his homework, he could avoid the stress of recess a few days a week. And actually, he was so clever, he said to the other kid, listen, you can play with that boy on Wednesdays and Fridays, and I'll play with him on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So he had been really strategic about it all. Isn't that crazy? That missing recess was working for him. The consequence, the impact that we wanted to teach personal responsibility was working. I mean, the consequence wasn't working. He had found a workaround. By not doing his homework, he not only avoided the stress of recess, he also had extra time to play at home with his regular toys that he actually loved. 
win-win for him, right? So his teacher and I, we both viewed homework as a way to teach responsibility. And that's a really good way to do it. But it wasn't the thing that my son actually needed to learn at that time. He didn't need to learn personal responsibility when it came to schoolwork. What he really needed was to grow in social competency. He needed to be on that recess yard trying and failing to work out those sticky conflicts that come with friendships. He needed to learn how to be in a in the midst of a disagreement, how to be kind in the midst of a disagreement, how to solve problems instead of avoiding them by going in his teacher's room. He needed to become more flexible of accepting others. He needed to make new friends. So what happened for me was I realized, oh, my son needs to be on the recess yard more than he needs to learn personal responsibility with homework. He needs social competency right now, not to learn responsibility. So I switched my parenting goal. I wanted to create more opportunities for him to learn social competency. I wanted him to be on the recess yard, which that meant he had to turn in his homework, right? So as a parent, I had to create limits around homework so that he could reach that goal. I needed him to do his homework and turn it in so that he could be on the yard. So I went from not managing homework, like at all, to becoming the personal assistant and project manager of his homework. My limits were, you may play outside once your homework is completed. Or, you may do your homework anytime before 8 or from 6 to 7 a.m. Another limit, I am open to helping you with homework from 4 to 5.30. I started micromanaging homework for that season. Not so my son would avoid the pain of failure, but so he could experience more of it. You don't have to become this crazy expert. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. So if you're in the club or you're in the new Raise Emotionally Healthy Kids class, you don't have to do all this work by yourself. You just show up to the coaching call and be like, here's the behavior. What's my goal? And I will help you figure it out. But if you're not in one of my programs and you want to figure it out, you know, I want you to think about what do you want to work on? What's the skill or value that's missing for your kid? Looking at the behavior and then thinking, okay, if he was or she was able to do this thing, what would that be called? Like, oh, that they would be more responsible. They would be more kind. They would be more whatever the thing is. I want my kid to be more blank Then that's your parenting goal. And then set limits to create a situation where your child is learning that thing. So thinking about all the episodes I've done on limits and how, you know, setting limits and all of that. And I often say, whatever behavior is driving you crazy, that means that you need to set a limit around it. Well, this is also the same idea is that if you see a behavior that's driving you crazy, it probably means your child is missing a skill or hasn't had enough practice with a value that you value. And that means that they need a limit in order to create that container in order to pivot that behavior. So we create limits so that our kids can like buck up against the, like they have to have some sort of reason to 
pivot their behavior, right? So we have these limits. They're like guardrails or the bumpers when you are at bowling, right? So that your kid is guided towards hitting some pins, <laughs> making some messes, falling, letting things fall, right? Then I, I don't know why I'm going with the bowling thing, but it kind of makes sense actually. It's like that you hit whatever pins you hit and then it resets itself and then you do it again. And if you don't have those bumpers, your kid might gutter ball and, you know, end up <laughs> not learning the things. You have to kind of fail your way to a skill and fail your way towards a value. You kind of have to mess it up before you realize that you don't want to mess it up anymore. And that's why we want our kids to be like in a having limits and the limit is not to control them. It is to teach them. It is to guide them towards the skill or towards the value that you want them to be working on. And that means, obviously, you cannot work on every single skill and value all at once. You will be so overwhelmed. In this new class that starts next week, I am having the parents pick one or two behaviors that are truly driving them crazy. And that is what we're going to work on. And we're going to go through the whole Calm Mama process and set those limits up and really get that behavior to pivot. Because the coolest thing is when you do a limit in one area, it, it permeates, it penetrates in a bunch of other areas. You want your kids to listen, do one good limit and they will learn to listen. You want your kids to become more responsible, do one good limit in one area, they will become more responsible in many areas. You want your kid to be more kind to their sibling, have some limits around kindness, and they will be kind everywhere. Once they learn the skill, once they have cultivated that value, it's part of them. It's so cool. It's so powerful. It's so great. And it doesn't have to be as complicated as you think. You already know what you want your kids to work on. You already know what gaps that they have. Even me right now, I'm looking at my kids and I'm thinking about anticipating them living on their own in the next year or two. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what skills and values are missing? Very simple example is recognizing when the trash needs to go out. For a really long time, I have told them, take out the trash. And I have not taught them to think about the trash and whether or not it needs to go out. So one of my, my goals is like cleanliness, but taking personal responsibility for that cleanliness. So now I'm seeing that as a gap and teaching them to look at the trash can and make a decision about whether or not it needs to go out or not. And so this is where you already kind of know where, where, what do you want your kids to be? Um, what are your goals? What behavior do you want to change? Start there. And set some limits, see what happens. Now, of course, I am inviting you to join the Raise Emotionally Healthy Kids Parenting Class. We start January 5th. It's going to be a three-month parenting, parenting class taught live by me every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific. So the way it works is I'm going to hop on Zoom. There's going to be about like 10 to 12 of us. It's a very small group. There are still a few spots open. So it's a small group. We're going to get on the call together the session and I will do some teaching kind of like I do on the podcast but it'll be live so you can 
interrupt me. You can ask questions. You can post questions in the chat. And I'm going to be interacting with you in real time on your kids and what's going on. It's private. Once the group is established, no one else can join. It's just going to be the 12 of us for the whole time for the three months. And we're going to work through the whole calm mama process. We're going to talk about calm, how to calm our own nervous systems. We're going to talk about emotionally coaching our kids. We're going to talk about limits and we're going to talk about consequences. And you're going to get the whole course. The cool thing is if you join in this session, this winter 2023 session, is that I'm giving the Calm Mama Club as a bonus, which normally that's $1,000 for the year. And I'm just including that in this course. So the course is 1000 but you get to be in the club for a whole year. It's an incredible value. I don't know if I'm going to always add the club as a bonus, but I am doing it for this group. So if you're at all interested, I encourage you to go to callmamacoaching.com. You'll see at the top parenting class, click that and you'll get all the information of how to join and all of that. So as we wrap up today, I do want to just say thank you for listening to the podcast this past year. It has been such a delight to record these episodes and to share all of this parenting gold with all of you. Um, and I just wish for you a really peaceful 2023. And if one of your goals is to create a calm and peaceful family, then you really need to sign up for my class and start working with me because this year is the year you can make it happen for sure. All right. I will talk to you next week. Happy New Year.